This episode is brought to you by Test Instrument Solutions, or TIS as we know them. Now, they do multifunction testers, EV test adapters, they do all kinds of stuff from thermal engine cameras, right the way through to continuity testers. Go over and check out their website at testinstrumentsolutions.co.uk. They are up and coming, and actually, they do some of the best kit on the market today. So go and check them out, testinstrumentsolutions.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Money Club. I am your host this evening, Nicholas. And to my left is Sam. Bottom right is Mark. Oh no, because it's all backwards, isn't it? On the different screens. Anyway, Dave Savory's joining us. Uh, Amy's not here tonight. This is that's the worst intro of all time. Listen, Amy's <laughs> not here tonight. Amy has taken a sabbatical. So we have called in the legend known as Dave O'Savo. He's even bought the McDonald's hat out of retirement for tonight. Well, it's, it's not really quite retired, um, but the, the wife gave me a bit of a, a haircut yesterday and it's bad, lads. It's bad. Oh, please, of course. <laughs> come on, come on. The back still needs some work, but we just... <laughs> 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 sort of sweep it over like a sort of... Do you know what I... Hey, what does she say when you... When you, you, my you eyes cut your hair. I said to her, I said to her, can you just give it a bit of a trim to give you like the eyes? And she just went up there somewhere. And I looked at it afterwards and go, what the fuck are you doing? Do you know what you look like? You look like you've had a brain up. <laughs> I know, it's yeah. the dumb and dumber cut, isn't it? You yeah, like, what did she you say when you cut your brain hair. surgery, bro? <laughs> she started it and then she just sort of started apologising profusely. And that's when you know things have gone wrong. <laughs> wow. To be fair, she just kept plumbing away a bit. Wow. I... I think that'd be grounds for divorce. I haven't had a haircut precisely for that reason. I haven't had a haircut for four months precisely for that reason. Because um, if she did it, I would just have to punch her. And that's it. How can you, how can you still look like an egg then? Surely it grows. I mean, mine was down to my eyes. I look like... <laughs> no, it's just all sweaty. It just all go back, doesn't it? Just all sweat. Oh, here. God, you look like Westlife. To be fair, I'm at my uh, my other half's cutting my hair tomorrow night. Mine's uh, long. I- I'm just sick of it. Anyway, bore off with the boring talk about hairdos. Dave O'Savo's had a brain up, so hopefully he's on form tonight. Um, so, uh, Marco, now you've had an interesting week this week, and I know this is this is actually a big week for you, isn't it? Yeah, we've got all the stuff dropping with Apprentice one-to-one with um, sponsors doing some, not sponsors, but manufacturers doing some giveaways. So they're putting uh, some multifunction testers over to give away to apprentices. We've got some other bits and pieces as well. This will have all have happened by the time the episode released, actually, so we can talk about it, can't we? But there's um, the super odd ferret Wi-Fis. We've got some um, hand, t- hand tools from the uh, loadout shop. And the TIS MFT Pro. And big off shout the back out of that. To, hold on. Big shout out to um, Loadout. Uh, Mikey, um, residual current. Big shout out to him. Putting his hand in his pocket. Reaching out for apprentices. Um, got so much respect for that guy. Big shout out to TIS. Obviously the main sponsors of um, Monday Club. But <laughs> you know what? Steve, you know, Steve at TIS. Legend. Yeah. I spoke to him the other day. Nice guy. Really nice guy. A really good bloke. Very much so. Did you know, Nick? Why you yeah, I did though. It? <laughs> yeah, I did though. I did uh, because I've got a uh, MFT 
um, to try out and have a go. I said to, said to him the other day and he messaged me on, I think it was LinkedIn, which I never really go on. And uh, we had a bit of a chit chat and I said, we're doing that many ICRs. Adam has got my old tester, which is a 1502, which is a brilliant tester, very simplified, but it's getting a bit slow now. And um, I'd like to train him up to use something a bit more, well, down with the kids, the amount of buttons and everything on it and uh, train him up from that so I can give him that and send him off and um, go and test the house. Because most of the time he tests it while I do the stuff at the board and fill the certificates in. So it works really well. Nice. Nice. Um, Savo. Now, you've been called in to rescue uh, Monday Club tonight. Um, what have you been up to this week, my man? Uh, well, it's only Monday. I haven't been up to much. Last week, but, bro. Uh, last week, <laughs> I um, <laughs> was on a, a commercially ICR, which is a pain in the arse, so much so that I've decided not to do them anymore. Uh, oh, so that's what you think you, on Twitter. You do quite a lot of them, don't you, um, Mark? In fact, you were saying yeah, well, last Monday Club that uh, your other work's sort of dropped off a bit. Yeah, definitely. We do quite a few commercially ICRs, but mainly the ones at the minute are all domestic because of the new PRS rules that are coming in in April. So we aren't doing too many commercial ones at the minute. Everyone's too tight to pay for anything in that kind of domain right now, I'm finding. What makes a, a commercial, commercial EIC... Sorry, Dave. Sorry, what I was makes... just saying I get a lot of commercial ones, but they're, I don't know, they're just... Oh. Gross. What makes them so gash, though? This particular one, and it, it looked like it was an easy one. The place is only 20 years old, community centre. And you think, you know, it can't be that bad, for goodness sake. It's not like it's industrial. It's not like it's a factory. The place is currently pretty much closed because of COVID. We can just, we've got the run of the place. Uh, how bad can it be? And the first board, they've got two big boards there, two sort of 16-way, three-phase distribution boards, both pretty full. Took the cover off the first one, and it's just packed and it's, it's, it's an old Hague one where uh, the neutral bar is just completely obscured by the circuit wires and the RCBOs. So you've got no way of getting to disconnect the neutrals through proper testing without disassembling the whole goddamn thing. And it's just, it just felt like hard work more than anything else. I'd hate that. I'd absolutely hate it. I'd end up taking the board apart, testing it, and then putting it back together nicely. I know I would. Yeah, it's just very difficult to put that together nicely, and also, yeah, no, it's just it was just it was just hard work, as I say. Hmm. And we all know you don't like hard work, mate. I don't. No, that's I don't. you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, do you want to talk about hard work, mate? Last, like Mark knows, Nick, you're a dropout. Hard work starts at five o'clock in the morning because all last week been smashing the challenge the 28 day challenge fat sam positive charge 28 day challenge where um got a group of us doing uh, getting up at five in the morning uh doing a mile walk or run 10 burpees 10 press-ups um and then not eating till one o'clock and then finish eating at eight um oh yeah and a cold shower as well so i'd be doing that well i'm on day eight now but mate i feel so much better for it Right. No eating after one, sorry. <laughs> yes, but it's good. <laughs> like honestly, I don't. I'm, I'm not as hungry. I'm not as craven. Oh, I some of it. Can't take him. <laughs> can't take him anywhere. But no, I'm feeling good. I feel good. Um, and then 
So this is day eight and I had to get up at four. Well, I had to get up before four o'clock this morning, be out the door for four, do my, do my uh, morning exercises before five today and then drive all the way into London to a, uh, a job I'm on for a couple of weeks. And honestly, it, like I, I just can't believe, I can't believe what, what the jobs in London have become. I'm going to put a picture here of what I experienced today. Honestly, there's three pictures, picture one, picture two, and picture three. Now, honestly, in these pictures, it, it'll blow your mind. We have to sit in booths at lunchtime. You have to sit in a booth at lunchtime, just looking at like, I suppose they're probably, what, I don't know, a meter by meter booth where you have to sit and have your lunch. Um, well, it's tight, tight for you then, yeah. <laughs> yes nick um wouldn't fit your hey arnold head in there though would it um <laughs> look triggered um you're gonna you're getting a triggered sign for that now but yeah Brilliant. it was um yeah it's just shocking honestly they've got some like on this site on this particular site they've got um social distancing marshals so a dude goes around and make sure that you're all social distancing um, and put your put your uh, mask on between mouthfuls and stuff like that. Um, like, where's the self-responsibility in these places? Yeah, but and the then, problem is with the people like that, there is no self-responsibility. Most people don't give a shit. That's why they're not doing it. So if anything, the site's being good doing that, enforcing the rules. Really? It's just it's you don't rough, like though, it. Like, like, honestly... <laughs> What, but I suppose you're right, mate. I suppose you're right to a certain degree. Um, no, to every on, degree. Getting on the train. Uh, so I had to get the train. So I drove to my brother's house, got the train into London, and then got on the tube. Mate, picture number four, tube. Honestly, it was rammed this morning. I yeah, but the, this is what I mean, though. So you could have gone on the tube. You could have come in contact with someone that, was infected but because the measures that they put in in strict measures at the workplace you stop you from spreading it so if anything it's good but equally bad for transport it's just mental like what what is such a surreal experience sitting there in a booth eating your lunch in isolation like and like that people are just acting strange in london i've been out of london for so long but i don't know why construction workers like put up with it and like why they go into site and people say oh it's because i like, got bills to pay and stuff but at some point you've got to stand up and just say no like oh, i'm not living like this i'm not doing this this is ridiculous um getting on the tube every morning to go and earn a crust during them in the midst of a pandemic that literally stopped the world something's got to change. It's just, I don't know, have the answer. I'm just ranting. It's thoughts coming out of my head as, I, as I'm making them, but it was rough. It's a rough thing to see. Um, and it's um, quite dystopian in London at the moment. And it, yeah. So yeah, I'm there for a couple of weeks. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty rough, but you know, it's worth it, I suppose. Oh. With the social distancing rules, Sam, can you actually do your job properly? If you're saying you've got to sit in a booth to have your dinner and have marshals keeping you all apart, how the hell are you, are you doing stuff? Like, I assume it's quite a big project. You've got more than one kind of person involved <laughs> with each task, I would have imagined. How, how do you manage to do that? 
and keep so, two meters apart all day anyway. So it's a, it's it's actually it's actually a bit of a bit of a facade. This two meters, this COVID marshals. They don't have COVID marshals on site um, or social distancing marshals on site. They're nowhere to be seen. Um, it's also minus three on site. Minus three. There's probably a hundred people on that site working in minus three conditions. Like there's no extra, like there's, there's no like anything put in place to make it like somewhere to go and warm up or heaters on site or anything. It's just cold all day. Um, and, what's, and the, just, what's the law on it? I remember when, when I worked on building site, it was like minus 12 and we actually got sent home because it passed a certain degree. They're not allowed to have the sites open. I don't, I don't know if shutting the site is the answer, but what, what, I, what I do know is um, I just think, why are people doing this? Like, why would you do this? I mean, I'm there for two weeks. It's a real cushy little number. Um, I'm getting some good money for it. Um, I've had my COVID vaccination, so I'm all right. Um, and I'm up there and I just, and I just think like, I, I don't understand why people are tolerating working like this in these conditions there's no social distancing on site. There's no um, temperature check as you walk in the door. You know, it's just literally the canteen is like a showpiece of this is what we're doing. But actually on site, nothing. You're not required to wear a mask on site. Um, you're like, there's no temperature checks. Um, there's no social distancing enforcement or anything like that on site. Um they've done a walk around today the, the the builders done a walk around today and there was maybe 15 of them all within two meters of each other like generally yeah. like, they're all walking around in a bunch not socially distanced it's it's almost like they do just enough to pay lip surface to it but they're not actually they, they actually don't care because if these but so when you talk about health and safety at work right so you so you're uh, um a certain offense will get you a yellow card or a red card the yellow card will get you sent home for the day re-inducted tomorrow um a red card will mean you're banned from all of that builder's sites for the rest of your life a yellow card offense is uh, not wearing your glasses um what was, there's a few different ones. You can be written up for all kinds of things. And the yellow card system is so mental that you can work in minus three temperatures um, and your fingers get numb, your feet get numb, you're, you're cold all day. But if you get caught without your glasses on, you get sent home. They don't, I, I just don't like it. Yeah, you get sent home unpaid. Like it, it just—it's priorities. It's like a massive box ticking exercise that makes no sense. And, and uh, it's almost like I, I've stepped into a world that I've forgotten and just been like and just shocked by what I used to tolerate. It, mm. It's mental. Mm. But yeah, end of Fat Sam's rant on the uh, commercial construction uh, con commercial construction industry. The geezer mentality, though, isn't it? It's the same as I'm on. I've got a big site that I'm doing work on. Not big as in, like, uh, a huge construction site, but there's there's several blokes there, um, various trades. And they said um, a few weeks ago, right, we won't start wearing masks now. The guy in charge did. It lasted about a day, and then everyone just takes them off and gets on with their 
what they got to do. I don't know, because it's, um, I don't know, you just get on with what you're doing, don't you? And you don't sort of, I don't know. It's, not it's right, a foolish but... mentality is what it is. It's foolish. And, and it's almost like, and this is going to sound, this is going to sound really rough and people are going to hate me for saying this. It's almost like, when did commercial electricians and construction workers lose their self-respect in terms of what they will accept in their life, like conditions they'll accept working in? When and where did it go? Yeah. Like, I get that a to point, a point. <laughs> uh, I get it to a point, but equally, they need to pay the bills. And if they say I'm not working in under them conditions, they don't have a job. Someone else will happily do it to get paid. There's always someone else that will do your thing. You're just a number at the end of the day. Being a commercial spark in a big um, construction site like that—that's the—that's the bad thing about it. Is it is, it is you don't do it, someone else will. I know, I know. I just that's can't. I just can't. I just can't tolerate it. Like you just have to tolerate head. it. Like I, yeah, it's like, t- it was 2019 since I was last on a, on a site. And it's a similar, we were subcontractors, so we weren't employed through an agency or anything like that. And they put up a great show for all of the inductions and pre-site safety meetings and having everyone come in and be told exactly what you need to do. The canteen looked amazing, site security. But as soon as you got past all that, it was nothing, nothing was enforced. You know, you were kind of left to your own devices. The safety aspect wasn't really enforced or anything. And I do think maybe construction workers put up more than most other industries and sectors. And maybe that's just through the nature of what we do when it is outdoors and you are going to be cold and it's hard physical graft. But if you imagine in, a, in an office environment, if you're asking for someone to work in minus three with no real decent welfare facilities, would they tolerate that? Would they keep turning out for work? You know, I'm not convinced that they would. I think that we could do better for construction workers, certainly large-scale sites. And they're wearing a mask. I mean, that's just ridiculous when you're in a, in a big building environment and you're wearing these um, fabric masks, masks we wear down the shops. That's all well and good. But when you've got a sweat on and you're doing physical work, they're not protecting you from microorganisms in the air. It's just not realistic to expect that they would do. It's a fantasy that that's providing any kind of protection. Yeah. I think well, if, you've got, if, you, if you've got a cough or a cold and you're out in the shops... You, you are going to prevent spreading that around other people. But if you're doing your job and you're doing a physical hard working job, I don't see the benefit of those. You're much better with your, your proper face respirator masks. If they're that concerned about it, we should all be wearing those while we're working. Well, well this is it. If you think about um, when you're on a commercial site, you have a, uh, and you're doing a drilling or you're drilling into something. Um, what was the other thing? You have a, a face fitted mask for silica dust. Yeah. Because silica is going to be the new asbestos, as they say, and stuff. So you have to be cleanly shaved and you have to have a face fit mask. Well, my argument would be a silica particle is bigger than a, uh, a COVID particle, if you like. So, you know, it, I don't know what the answer is. I just know that I feel quite, I don't know, taken back by today. Like, my first experience back on a commercial site uptown um, was quite daunting. And I was like, Jesus, this is, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad this is not my career anymore. So what have you been doing lately then, Sam, instead of the commercial stuff? I know you've been off for a while. I've been off for a while, but what I did, well, I was kind of doing commercial. I was working for a company that done Hilton hotels um, and just basically strip out the room. Um, then they go in, fit, like redecorate it, 
fit new headboards. Um, someone else would first fix, and I would just literally sit there and um, <laughs> second fix sockets to the bed, the, the headboards. And I did that for ages. And then I was doing student accommodation, which is pretty much the same thing. Um, but then I've also got other little ventures on the side and stuff that um, I, I, I'm building up. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, it's I sort of took myself out of this commercial life because I remember getting so down about it and feeling so like, I just felt like a drone, just, or, or, or even like a, like a mouse in a cage, just treading that wheel and just like never going to get anywhere in terms of happiness and fulfillment doing a commercial electrical job. You're just not like long-term. Short term, it's all yeah. right. You go in, get it done, earn a few quid, get out. But actually, if you spend, if you spend years and years doing the uh, the commercial circuit, I, I personally found it soul destroying, really soul destroying. And today, today was like a real big eye opener about it. Yeah, see, that's the difference between us three and to you. We're being self-employed and have our own businesses. Once we start a job, it's our job. Once it's finished, we look at it and go, sweet. We did that, bit of pride, and we're on to the next one. But for you, it's like just continuous, isn't it? There's no real end to it. No. And you very rarely get to see the end of any job. It's, mm. it's just not... Uh, I've seen the end of a few jobs, but I, I've, I'm, I may have had 100 jobs in, in my career and I might have seen the end of maybe six. You know, you, you're never yeah. there to the end because you're, you're labour-only um, a labour-only subcontractor. Like, once, once your usefulness is up, they don't keep you around just like, you want to see the end of the job, mate? Stay on. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Don't really Grab a broom. Like the, the, the second they can get rid of you, they do. And you, you go into that with your eyes wide open. Like I'm not going into that thinking, oh, I feel so hard done by it. No, I understand this is the nature of the game. We're, we're mercenaries. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't miss it. I don't miss it. Do you, do you think it all comes back to how you're all kind of employed with that, Sam, through agencies? Do you think it would be better if you were kind of employed direct to firms nah, rather than I don't, being I don't, set up like that? I think it would be different if you if there was no such thing as a labour only subby, um, and you was like and you had a gainful, meaningful employment. I personally don't do well in that environment. I, I'm not really a, a very good employee. Um, but I think telling yourself the whole, there, mate. People, <laughs> people would be people would be a lot happier I think on site the, you've got to think you have people doing this job bouncing from site to site all around London for 10, 15, 20, 25 years doing the same thing like a couple of weeks off a year then people are dying to be to be um, employed and, and I think it would make a very big difference to the sort of mentality and culture on site I don't know that's just my feeling. I've done a lot of talking tonight and we've got Dave Osavo in the house. Shall we move on to a topic? Do you want a topic to discuss? I have yeah. a small and insignificant topic, but it came from uh, Mr. Savory's Twitter, actually. I saw it on his post first and it was to do with the NIC merging Alexa into the one brand and how people thought about that with the CPS is kind of grouping up into smaller and smaller choice for us consumers as electricians and the prices we have to pay being dictated by less and less companies. How do we all see that moving along? 
It's just thing, bad thing. Being... Go on, sorry. Good thing or a bad thing? You know, what What do you feel about it? I'm oh, not bothered. I personally, not bothered whatsoever. Um, I was annoyed a couple of years. I've always been with Napit, never an IC. My, my original boss was Napit, just piggyback, back, backed off him and that was it. Um, but I remember losing, it was only of one. It was her, my dad was painting a block of flats and they wanted an electrician to change over all the emergency lights. And he was like, oh, my son's electrician. I've been doing it about two years. So um, they so said, oh yeah, so I went and sent a quote. I've never been an apprentice, be quiet. <laughs> and um, gave him a quote and he asked what this thing was in the core, my NAPIT logo. And I was like, oh, right. And he was like, you're not ready to an NIC. I was like, no, it's NAPIT. What's NAPIT? So I had to explain it. And I lost the job because it wasn't NIC. They'd only re- recognise NIC as a proper governing body, not anything else. And I obviously spoke to NAPIT about it. And they were like, oh, we'll give you, we'll write you a letter. We'll, you know, do everything they wanted to do for me, which was great. And I said no, because as soon as the guy said that, I was like, oh, I don't want to work for you anyway, to be fair. And um, so I went from there. And looking at it, I think if you went to anyone nowadays, with a main manufacturer of a customer at like domestic, they would sort of know if they know anything NIC, maybe nape it. But then if you go and chuck in all the other little ones, no one knows what they are other than electricians. I think if you have two main ones, and NIC and nape it as a two proper uh, recognized um, governing bodies for domestic, well, dom- any, any electrician, but mainly domestic for me, um, I think that would be more beneficial, maybe. But that's only if the consumer knows what they are. But you know, all the time, you could say on well, with the registered governing body, they don't have clear what you're on about. That's an interesting point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, you know, fewer of them means better brand recognition to your client. Yeah. You that's the only thing I can think of, really. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, they they all cost about the same, I think, and they all do about the same amount of work for the money. Yeah, the only thing I can compare the two, obviously, being NAPIT and from NIC, is I speak to obviously. CGR quite a bit. He's with the NIC. You're with NIC, ain't Dave? Is you've got to pay more for this to be a uh, re- registered installer? Is it domestic installer? They've got domestic installer and approved contractor. Um, and I'm not sure if there really is a price difference between them. They may. Mm. I don't know. Because obviously, I, I, like you, we use Easy Cert, so I pay for my own separate software, which I prefer. But. Yeah. If I just pay my one-off to to NAPE every year, then I don't need to do anything else. I can do my EICRs. No, you still got to pay for the certification software. That doesn't come as part of your membership. Sorry, did I freeze? Then it was it you? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think you freezed a bit, Nick. You've still got to pay for your certification software, even if you use the NAPE stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what are Nick's you doing? internet's gone down big time on it, I think. <laughs> what? But yeah, um... I think the issue the issue with the NIC and the Alexa thing was they never actually consulted. Well, from what I've seen on social media, they never even mentioned it to the Alexa registered contractors. I think the first they found out about it was through some of the other posts they'd seen people sharing on social media. I mean, obviously, I'm not an Alexa member, so I don't know if that is the actual case. But if it is, it's not the best. Um, you'd think they would consult the members on if they wanted that to happen. And the same with the NIC members as well. So I know they own both brands, and at the end of the day, they can do what they like with them. But you'd think that the courtesy of speaking to the people paying um, all of their wages and bills might have been you know, a decent thing to do. I don't know if, if any of you know that, that is the actual case or not. 
I always thought Alexa, when I when I came into this business back in 2012, I always thought, because I when I came in, I thought I, I want to be with NIC, I see, because they're the, the brand I recognise. Um, and if I recognise it, customers are probably going to recognise it. And I think back then uh, I looked into it and they, they wanted sort of someone with two years experience. They didn't want to just take in someone who was new from was my understanding at the time. It may, it may have been wrong, but that, that's the way I saw it at the time. So uh, I ended up going with Naked, but I looked at Alexa. My understand, my, I always thought that the difference between um, NIC and Alexa was NIC was there for the bigger, perhaps the more established um, companies or, or people and Alexa was perhaps uh, more of a, a an easier way in um, one that uh, in a way they were distancing their own name from um, perhaps what were maybe new startups who perhaps didn't have the the experience and, and they were a bit worried that they might unnecessarily sully their brand by allowing too many people in that they felt hadn't been in the field long enough but they had this uh, this Alexa badge that they could um, sell to these people. So it was always a bit weird that they had that and then they still had an NIC domestic installer scheme that just like, well, surely they're doing the same sort of thing. They're a, a way in for people who haven't come in via um, other routes or haven't had the, the experience to, to sort of join the, the approved contractor scheme. So it always seemed a bit a bit odd that they they had those two those two skins run together. And if they were going to get rid of one, then personally, I'd have thought that it would be better to, to keep the Alexa scheme to make it a, a more of a differentiation between those on approved contractor and those on um, domestic installer. But so, I don't really know much about this. this is not a subject I'm, I'm too familiar on. I always remember. Um, when I thought about going out by myself, the least hassle one was Alexa. Am I correct in thinking that? Like you could just literally pay your money and you know, off you go. Um, I don't think you have to have an assessment or anything. Um, no, you do. You have to have an assessment yeah. not to put down Alexa members, but I, when I was joining, I saw them as the easy routine as well. I felt that it was harder to get into Naked at the time than Alexa, rightly or wrongly. That was, that was my perception at the time. Um, and part of it was based on some of the people that I'd seen who got rubber stamped by Alexa. I remember one guy, uh, he, he kept calling thing, uh, kept calling RCDs, RC, um, what was it, RBCs or something. He couldn't even get the, couldn't uh. even get the spelling right for the, for the fucking device. So I remember thinking, how the hell are you going to pass your assessment with Alexa tomorrow? And he did. And I just remember thinking, well, how? How has this happened? I don't understand it. And, and it's, it's sort of instances uh, examples like that sort of solid the brand a bit for me um not to it, take anything away from those who are on that scheme because you can be on any scheme um and obviously you know they have their good members their bad members and the schemes themselves are all pretty much providing the same sort of thing a warranty that yeah. you can never fucking use and um maybe some publications that they send out every now and again and of course your annual assessment for what it's worth and it's not just an uh, NIC who are doing that. The Napit have kind of bought Stroma uh, as well, if that's how you say it. And um, they're kind of merging slowly, I think, those two brands together. You probably see a similar thing happen there. So, you oh, know, wait, it's, it's one of those things, like like, on. like Nick Hold said, on. with the one brand and the aware on. awareness. Sorry. I've done the finger of hold, right? I need to understand. 
with NIC, yeah, and they and they've obviously bought Alexa. What happens now? Like, will the Alexa brand go away and it just all be NIC, or will it still exist but they just own it? They bought it a couple of years ago, I think, maybe even longer than that. Um, this is just it, they? they're the ones who started it. I'm not sure. I know it's been around for a while. I think this is just something they've decided to do now. So and like, getting rid uh, of Alexa brand is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When does that go? They're phasing it out from April, I believe. And then, so, my knowledge with it, though, anyone that's with Alexa has to have an NIC assessment to the same tilt that an NIC assessor, like um, domestic installer, whatever, would have. They need to have it re all reassessed properly by the new guys, which would be interesting because I presume they're going to be a hell of a lot stricter. No. Imagine it's it's probably the same guys who, who do the Alexa assessments as do the NICDI assessments. I don't know, but um, they're all under the same umbrella currently and have been for quite a while. So uh, got to take the same boxes. There's no difference between them. Yeah. See, I I I said I have a bit of a thing that about I'll get my words out in a minute. It's been a long day. So you're only going to have really two power players in this in this sector now, aren't you? You're going to have Napit, they've got Stromer, you're going to have, um, and you're going to have NIC. So if they if they merge what they've got together and you've got Napit and, and NIC now, you know, competition's good. Just having the two in competition, I don't know if it's sort of, I don't know if that's good. I think there needs to be more. I think I feel like there needs to be more players in the game to get the best deal for electricians. Well, the good thing about Stroma was its cost. It was the cheapest out there by quite a margin. Um, but uh, there, there are other ones out there. There's one called, I think, Blue Flame certification, who I'd never even heard of until um, last week when it got mentioned on Twitter. But uh, it sounds like they're charging about the same as NIC. And... They haven't got the, the brand traction, no. so how can they do that? Because like Nick says, if you turn up with a quote saying, well, I'm with these guys here, there's going to be people who recognise the NIC logo, the NAPIT logo, and we'll go, oh, well, fine. These other brands like Blue Flame are perfectly valid, I'm sure, and like everybody else, they've got their, their good contractors and their bad contractors, but Joe Public out there doesn't recognise the the logo. The... Um... Napier has, has come a long way in the last maybe maybe in the last 10 years but certainly in the last five years they've come a long way like they were for most people for most electricians they are a viable alternative now certainly in, in like in domestic I don't know much about commercial I, I dare say then probably not as well known commercially or as accepted commercially but um, they've done a, they've done a hell of a job, sort of up in their brand and becoming like a bit of a player. Maybe they're very credible. Like their biggest problem is the fact that the NIC EIC name is like Hoover with vacuum cleaners, isn't it? People just, yeah. just use it as a brand name. We, we, we want to see it. so you get these things from the, the local council or whatever saying it's <laughs> NIC EIC accredited or whatever. And what they mean really is it must be it must be accredited with a competent person scheme. And, and as Nick says, you know, you, you could be with one of the other ones and they, they just don't recognize it and i had that problem when i was with naked and i had to um argue the toss a few times to say 
no, they're all the same. These are these are all government-approved competent person schemes. And my membership with this scheme gives me, um, you know, the, the alternative dispute resolution and the uh, the warranty that you'll never be able to use and all the other stuff that NIC members get. <laughs> but uh, it's you know it's it's convincing people that it, 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 I always found that it was annoying having to convince people. It was easier to switch to NIC and just might have to bother anymore. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Mark. Carry on saying what you were saying before Sam kept going. Yeah, hold, well, hold, I hold. I need to understand no, pre- what pre- you're talking about. It's pretty much what you've all sort of said, to be honest. I think there's a few different reasons why you would go with a certain a scheme. And one is because you've got to, like we've said, because the customers want you to be. Whether whether that's right or wrong, it does still happen. Um, I mean, I can think of Neil, Sam, when his real works, he's said a few times he has yeah. to be NIC registered. There's no option in it. He's got to be, got to, be to keep his customers. Then there's contractors out there who just want the cheapest solution to the part p thing if you're in the domestic area and and stroma like david said was a good good way to get around all of that um and then you've got people who want to kind of market their brand through the nic because it is well known and, and nick made a great point about kind of the consumer side of all this because in in the world of gas we've got gas safe they all know that we want competition as electricians so we can get a better deal on our um, route into a CPS but maybe it would be better looking at it from a consumer's point of view if there was just the one and we're kind of not mentioning the one that maybe is the most well known among electricians of the ECA um, you know it's it's interesting that they're part of SearchShare as well and I know that they have a, a scheme through Part P um, notifications if you're an ECA member. Well so they I don't know that they allow I may be wrong again <laughs> I may be wrong about all those things tonight I don't know that the ECA allow Part P notifications as such I'm with ECA and I, I, I get my part P's cheaper because they're, I'm with NIC, because I do it through NIC, but because I'm with ECA, I get it at a lower cost because it's all under the same search or umbrella. I don't think the ECA have their own part P notification scheme in the same way that NIC and NAPI do. I don't think they're a competent person scheme as such. They're a different no. kind of organisation. Um, tougher to get into. Um, what, is, what is the purpose um, of the... Like, why did you join the ACA? What do you get from that other than like cheaper part P? The use of their logo on my quotes and stuff. That is all. Has <laughs> <laughs> that been is that benefited you at all? Because I got uh, asked to get you on to go They do they do offer quite a lot to those who want to take it, which I don't. For example, um, if you're, they're, ma- they're mainly for bigger organisations. They're not really for your average domestic spark. So I don't get a lot of use out of them. Um, but bigger organisations, multi-man organisations, commercial organisations, we get a lot from them. Things like, for example, um, British standards. You know how horrendously expensive British standards are if you want to get a copy. Um, well, you can get them very cheaply through ECA in comparison to what you would would pay if you were after getting copies of British standards otherwise um, they do things like uh, I've got access to a portal where I uh, I've only had to use it a couple of times where you can knock up things like risk assessments and method statements um, quite easily uh, they do sort of training and awards which obviously um, I'm never going to win any but <laughs> uh, and they do they do function leave that up to Beck yeah sorry we'll leave that up to Beck yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to win awards, but yeah. So uh, they, they do. So they've got training opportunities. They got. Uh, they do. They do various functions. It, I, the trouble is, it, it's kind of a 
an old man's club. You know, it, it just feels like it's a bunch of old white guys all clubbing together and going for their nights out and like masons, electrical exactly. masons. Yeah, it, it's like an electrical masons. And it, it's, I, I don't want to be part of that. I know I'm an old white guy myself, but I don't want to find myself wearing a tuxedo with the missus all dolled up going to one of these balls. They wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't let you in that haircut, mate. You seem to be all right. No, well, be like, like, do you know what? They'd call an ambulance and be like, I think yeah. your patients have escaped from the brain injury unit. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the, the, the only reason I joined was, again, the, the kudos of the logo. And, you know, it, it looks good on the website, looks good on the business card, looks good on your quotes. Um, yeah. This is one thing I've never found, sorry, Mark, is 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 it trust, is it trust Mark or for, for NAPIT? See, I got a load every year. Yeah, so I get asked every year, do you want, a, do you want a this and do you want that and do you Oh, you know, you can stick it on your van. I ain't give a shit at all. Like, I, it's never once bothered me at all. I get the purpose of it, but for me, as a domestic spot, it goes around old late old lady's house that says she wants a fusible changer, fix a shower. None of that stuff matters. I've not paid out for it. I can understand for bigger firms. Like, I know you employ a few people, Mark, um, to do it, but for for, for one man band and as an, an apprentice, it's just a waste of money in my it's eyes. I would never get any use out of it. If you're a logo mm-hmm. horn, you want these extra stick, yeah. stick on your quotes and your band, then so be it. I mean, with uh, I'm with Trustmark because if you're with ECA, you can get Trustmark for free. So I get two logos for the price of one. <laughs> but I was with I, I paid to be with Trustmark previously when I was with Napit, and um, all they really offer, from what I can see, is an alternative dispute resolution service. And um, no. But, but I'm with Witch as well, which is yeah, another thing that I've been paying out all these overheads for these things. Um, yes, yeah, so say, which is your um, bloody bill at the end of the month? Uh, well, Witch also provide an alternative dispute resolution service, but again, it's a, a brand that the, the public recognise and trust. But uh, which is good- one extra thing out of Witch, which is they host my reviews and they bet reviews, so I'm no longer plagued with fake reviews. I'll tell you uh, what. Remember your video well. Yeah. Which would be but that's nice. Like- for a layman, for a layman who knows nothing about um, the electrical industry or anything, if you had which trusted trader or whatever it is, that's, I think that goes a long way. That's I think a big tick, probably, that is. That's a big yeah, tick. Mm. Yeah, I think that's probably... When you compare it to the likes of Checker Trade, Rated People, um, Trusted Trader, they're all, uh, they're all effectively uh, directory services with a review mm. platform. They don't yeah. really do any betting or checking. They do a very minimal amount to make sure you're sold. Well, they take your money and stick your name on a website and that's it. Then yeah. they're happy. I've seen so many negative comments about um, Checker Trade, my trusted trader, all that, like so many of them, where literally the companies just want your money. You're just a number. You're on the sheet, right? There you go. There's an email every now and then. But unfortunately, with Checker Trade as well, it's a known brand among the domestic um customers in my eyes that they they do recognize go, oh right they're the checker trade oh, yeah, but to me if i see someone on the van with checker trade i go do you know what i mean without trying to offend people i look at it the sparks around my area and this is checker trade on them like you know better than me like if anything you're paying to try and find the work i don't need to without yeah. it do you know what i mean without yeah. sounding like a snob like i've never yeah. been a part of that and i've always had enough work so we don't well, quite get here, it. I've never found that I've needed these sort of services to find yeah. to find work. You know, if you advertise, if you advertise in a savvy enough way, 
just by not by uh, throwing money at Google or whatever, but just just advertising well, in like your, um, your your local parish magazine and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, yes, it can take a while for to build up your client. This is a good thing with me is I started whilst I living at home with mum and dad at a young age. I didn't need the massive surge of things. So I suppose I'm not loaded it from that point of view. You can imagine middle middle-aged guy with kids who's just going into the industry, he's gonna need that influx of work straight away. So joining these different schemes would make sense. So yeah, that's my naivety there. So yeah. Well, it's same here. I had a, I had a financial cushion. I had, it took me 18 months to get the business sort of flowing, but I had a financial cushion over that time. And other, like you said, if someone's just just changing careers, <laughs> excuse me, or going it alone, and they've got the pressure of having to obviously pay the mortgage and pay the bills, then yes, you need a a ready stream of income. And one yeah. of the quickest ways to do that is to get in with these sort of directory services. But long term. Um, you, you end up getting stuck with them because all your reviews are there and then you either give them all up or you just carry on paying whatever they tell you to pay. And or start a YouTube YouTube channel. Yeah. So start a YouTube channel and then make uh, videos of when you're sat on your own bed naked blowing up a sex doll and <laughs> record it, stick it on the internet. Um, that was gold. But for some reason, the customers still keep coming, and I, 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 I trying to put them off all the time, but they still keep ringing me. If anything, Honestly. I think you've attracted more. <laughs> Honestly, what was oh. like? I, I so if you lot haven't seen Dave's video, go into Dave's YouTube channel, look at his last video, and you will come away in stitches. No, no he's ripped the piss out of me. Go, go and watch him making his ingots. Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay, can Can I just say something? Can I just add this? Like, this is a different topic. At what point um, does it become a bit sad and creepy for Nick to keep wearing Batman hats slightly off centre? Like it's, it's that's not on purpose. This is this was a Christmas present, and I was cold listen, today. I thought, listen, th- that time is coming quick, son. I'm telling you, nope. within like within 20. 18 months, you're going to be too old and creepy to wear that. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'll wear this one. Hang on. You're coming to the end of that run, mate. Honestly, you're coming I've to had the these end for the years, by the way. This is an old one. This is one of the ones I bought off eBay that was meant to be the right size and turned up the wrong size. So it just never actually fit on my head. I've never actually worn it. Cool but, yeah. story. Thanks. Uh, yeah, cool as me. your head grows bigger, it's going to fit in there. Is that what you're saying? That's it. As I'm getting much older and wiser, and my head fills with more knowledge. <sighs> Can't say that. Right. You got to edit that bit out. Oh, jeez. Christ Write that down, Sam. What time are we on? I don't know. But listen, I, I'm going to have... This has been such a lovely conversation. I've enjoyed it greatly, but I am literally freezing cold. So, um, yeah. Final thoughts, everyone. Um, Nick's too old for that hat. Mark? I just want to... <laughs> Yeah. Just want to reach reach back to the ECA discussion, and I do know that they've done a lot for apprentices through the course of coronavirus. They had like a secondment scheme where they were swapping around between the different members, so they were moving apprentices between their employers to keep them in work rather than yeah, being laid off. That was really good. Yeah, that was really good. That's something I know heard of. Where was that? On? Where was that and, announced? And 
ECA um, uh, cut their annual fees because of COVID last year. I don't think anybody else did, did they? I don't think NIC did. I don't know about Nathan. No, I think I'm still paying for a gym membership. I've not been to in two years. Fine. So uh, <laughs> my gym, like the gym, shut. But I'm starting to pay to it to get a uh, membership. I'm great. I wouldn't Sorry, use bro. it anyway. I'm just, I'll cut that. Oh, out whatever. Well, like... I'm going in a minute. Whatever. Just put the trigger sign up now. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been working well. hard for that. Um, right, listen. Uh, Savo, thank you so much for jumping in tonight, bringing your wisdom. Yes, right. I'm going to go to bed on a hungry, uh, hungry tonight. Yes. Right. Yeah, brilliant. Anyway, what is that? Very good. Tony's chocolate. Shit, dropping it everywhere. That, Never heard of it. No, of course you haven't, because it's Davo Savo. He's he's so strange that he finds the most oddest things. He's made that himself, hasn't he? Hundred percent. Made here is a mess. <laughs> right right let's go Monday Club we're out bye Bye. Right. oh mate I'm you fucking so bunch cold. of cocksuckers